Hello, welcome to the new episode of Data in the Hallway. I'm, I'm your host, as always, uh, Ray Pate, Community Manager at PinCap, and uh, joined by my co-host, uh, Daniel uh, Van Eden, joining us from, from the Netherlands. Uh, good to see you again, Daniel. And then we actually have a return guest today, which is our first. Uh, so Ahmad Ghazal, who is our Distinguished Engineer at, at PinCap, and I had to look this up. Uh, Akbar actually appeared on episode five, where, where we talked about benchmarking. And Akbar, you talked about HSAP benchmarking work that that you were you were involved in. So it's good to have you back. It's nice to know that Daniel and I didn't scare you from the previous episode. Uh, so welcome. And then we're going to talk about a slightly different topic, uh, pretty important and popular topic in databases. Uh, it has to do with database indexes. And then there was a blog post that was released uh, like a week before Christmas, I believe, or shortly before. So uh, there was a risk that it may have been uh, slightly buried um, before people started disappearing for the holidays. Uh, It's a new feature in TidyB called uh, TidyB Index Advisor. I think that's a full name, and we call it Tide Advisor for short. And I'll make sure to include the uh, the link to the blog post and other resources in, in the podcast description. So uh, uh, thank you, Ahmad, not only for uh, authoring the blog post, but appearing uh, on our episode to, to talk about it. Uh, so I, I guess, Ahmad, uh, we'll start something with something basic. I mean, for people that are uh, you know, not database engineers, uh, full time, like, you know, remind us, like, what are database indexes and, and what are, why is it important and what, what's, what are their purposes? So. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, great to connect with you guys uh, again. And, uh, was fun last, last time. And I'm sure it's going to be fun this time too. Uh, yeah. So for, um, databases, uh, indices is one major, uh, physical database design choice. So it's it's usually database developers or DBAs. They may selectively um, create indices that help performance. So the main objective is really about performance. There's nothing functional about indices. And in a, you know, in a, in a nutshell, uh, user queries uh, a lot of the time, especially for OLTP, they go after a small portion of the data. Uh, that goes, you know, through joins and aggregations, or just simple scans from the table, and uh, usually that requires full table scan. So scanning all the data, which is not efficient. I mean, it works, but it's not efficient. So indices is a way of uh, kind of uh, having a replica of the data or portion of the data sorted in a different manner, uh, and and the sorting allows you know range predicates, exact values, and what have you to go after only a portion of the data, so it doesn't have to scan all the data. And usually indices, they have pointers to the base table, to the primary data, if you want to call it that way, so that you can get the extra columns needed. And if all the columns you need from index, you just don't have to go to the table, which is called the cover index. So that's, in a nutshell, what indices are used for. But it's, it's usually a difficult problem picking the right indices because there is a trade-off. So, you know, create indices, you get benefit from uh, avoiding, a, a, you know, scanning all the data, which could be very expensive, especially for all TP. 
But at the same time, creating the index requires storage, requires CPU, and also requires maintenance. So if you're adding data, you need to keep the index uh, in sync or up to date with the table, which is going to make your uh, DML, the inserts obviously is more expensive. So that trade-off is, is an interesting problem, it requires expertise uh, from users to, to weigh that trade-off and, uh, and, and decide to create indices. Um, another complexity with uh, this physical database design aspects of, of indices is that the, uh, you have a humongous number of possibilities. Because you could have a single column index, you can have two column, you can have three column. And also, even within, say, three column, uh, you could have different ways of ordering the index, what is the leading column, and, and, and so on. So it's really a difficult task for a user uh, to actually pick the right index um, in that sense. Cool. All right. Yeah, thanks for the long uh, answer. No, 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 no. I mean, thanks for the detail. And I think that recap is very helpful. Uh, I think, you know, most people, I mean, even somebody that is not as technical as, as like me sort of have a sense that, you know, it's it's important for uh, database performance, but I don't think we all appreciate the trade-offs that, that you just mentioned. I mean, there are consequences of, I'm being simplistic here, selecting column B as, a, as you know, I want that to be like, you know, one of the indices uh, as an example. Um, so, I mean, knowing all this trade-off uh, and, and pros and cons, like, you know, you know, who or how does someone go about, you know, you know, deciding on on the ind indices for, for your database? Is it, I mean, I assume it's not, you're not just picking something out of a hat, right? Like what's sort of the typical process that people go through and, you know, who sort of makes a decision on on, on creating indices? Yeah, so, so in a simple, maybe a rule of thumb, uh, if you have queries that uh, have some uh, predicates on, on a certain column or columns, um, and uh, so that's maybe the simplest example so that that could be a potential index because uh, that predicate can allow the database to access a portion of the data through that index because that index is sorted on on those values. So if you say where x is between one and three, so the index uh, is, is is sorted on x. You can go only in that range from one to three, uh, and maybe you have you have a you know a billion row in the table. And maybe you have a hundred rows in the table that meet this predicate, so you're going to access only a hundred rows uh, from that table. So that's a simple, uh, you know, example of of an index. Uh, you could also use indices for joins uh, too. Uh, you know, you could do an, uh, so. Like the index can work on behalf of the table for for uh, doing the join, um, and that's maybe another example. Then you can look at the join. Predicates and that also could be a potential uh, uh, index uh, on those joint columns. Um, the same thing for the group by columns and, and so on. But the, the bottom line is that the you know the database uh, developer or DBA, whoever person who in charge of maintaining the data uh, itself, uh, will will make those decisions, and, and they have to weigh in. 
you know, the extra overhead uh, of the of the indices. One difficulty also for even for experts is that usually they work one one query at a time. It's 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 very hard. That's one of the problems we address actually too here uh, in, in this in this uh, advisor that it's it's very hard to look at ten thousand queries and try to figure out what is the best overall indices and also look at all the you know the loads and all the answers and all of that. It's it's just impossible task even for the experts. So usually, you know, usually the creating indices by user is more of a reactive um, uh, event where they have a problem with their performance, and that's what you know our experience with with some of our customers too. It's you know they have a problem with the query and say, oh, okay, the first thing that comes to my mind can create an index for that specific query, um, and you know they go analyze, they explain. The, which is the execution plan, we call it the explain. And then they try to figure out what if I create an index. And then, you know, they it could be also trial and error. Many of the times it's trial and error, which is quite expensive from, you know, system resources and also, uh, you know, uh, the uh, human resources too. You know, I mean, database developers are, their time is very crucial and, and uh, you know, this trial and error could be expensive from that uh, perspective. Cool, cool. No, I mean, thanks thanks for the details and talking about, you know, the typical process that a lot of people go through and, and the, some of the challenges that are involved. And um, I mean, Daniel, the, you know, it, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like turning to one of my questions to you, I guess. I mean, you talk to a lot of our, like existing customers, even prospects. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is a pretty hot topic, like in terms of, because people are concerned about uh, different types of queries, like database performance, and, you know, like, you know, is, is it correct to assume that this is, this, you know, uh, as you're talking with our customer, this is, you know, one of the bigger topics that, that come across? But. Yes, yes, it's certainly one of the bigger topics. Mm -hmm. And there are, like, multiple things to consider that, like, for example, if you have a table with say five columns then mm -hmm. it's not only possible to have like an index on each individual column but also on mm -hmm. combinations and like with five columns it's already quite a few combinations but with any extra column there are more combinations um and then you have like a gazillion queries um then a lot of tables a lot of queries the problem gets more and more complex but also the number of uh, and type of queries and columns will change over time. So this is something that needs content, uh, constant attention. And if you mm -hmm. like make a mistake by, for example, dropping the wrong index, it can be uh, quite a disaster. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really an important thing to, to have a look at. Um, another problem there is that the developers are usually in charge of the, the queries and the DBAs are in charge of the database performance. And the index is like right in the middle of those two areas. So mm. it needs cooperation. Usually that works fine, but uh, that makes it a little bit harder even. Right, right. I'm, I'm sure some involve like interesting conversations between the two groups, right? And then, yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I think they, uh, the point I wanted to verify was that this is not, like 
a topic just for the users, but I'm sure those questions come to the vendors like us as well. So that's, you know, something that we have to be mindful of. And uh, I mean, I think this is why like any tool that can help assist in, in, in making decision on the disease is, is, I think is helpful, which gets us to uh, the topic in hand, like a Thai advisor uh, that, uh, that you can find more details on the blog post that I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to talk about like what were our goals uh, for for the index advisor, and and you know you can also like sort of move uh, towards you know how this uh, feature actually works for for TidyB users. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So you know, given all the problems we talked about, and and uh, Danielle also alluded to, uh, you know, it's really a very difficult task. Uh, for users to handle, so we want to automate this process. It could be, uh, you know, partial automation in the sense that the the tool can help the user gives an initial recommendation, and they can review it and and accept it. Um, and I think in the future it could be full automation where just the system is just going to go go ahead and and do it. Uh, you know, we, we're taking the option of the the first option for now, which most commercial databases have done that. But I think going towards this autonomous database would like to do this uh, fully automated in the future. Uh, so considering all these parameters, we're talking about a complex workload, number one. Uh, number two is the, the, the thing that uh, Danielle mentioned is that uh, the, the explosive uh, search we're talking about even if you have five columns, you could have a humongous number of possibilities. Even if you think about five-way indices, even ordering them, you could have more and more options there too. Because usually the leading column may have an impact on the query itself. Because if you are ordering an index, you're reading, uh, really ordering it based on the uh, all the columns, but the leading column is the most important one in the in the order. So we have a big search space, we have a big workload, and uh, we have a trade-off also between, uh, you know, maintaining these indices and uh, and uh, and the uh, uh, and using them as well. So Thai Advisor uh, uh, took care of uh, two problems for now, which is the complex workload and uh, and the uh, the search space. Uh, try to help the user with. And I think uh, a future extension here, we will be also dealing at trying to handle the uh, the, the trade-off between the, uh, you know, the benefit of the index and the overhead from the index. Uh, so, so that's what Tide Advisor is about. Um, it's it's it used some uh, uh, interesting heuristics to cut down the search space, because if you think of the search space, it is an exponential number of possibilities uh, that uh, you know. A tool cannot cannot afford to go through, which is, you know, a typical uh, computer science problem, uh, where if you have a, a search problem that's really explosive or exponential, uh, people in academia they may call it MP hard, and so on. It's it's uh, the, the solution is to come up with a heuristic solution that really efficient and give you doesn't give you the perfect answer, but gives you a good answer. So that's what uh, Thai Advisor does. It uses what we call a genetic algorithm. So the genetic solution is you start with a solution that's uh, helpful and useful, and then you can 
mutate that, you can uh, really modify it incrementally, getting better and better answers. So what this means is that TideVisor will first uh, try to look for the best single column in this series. Uh, and the way overall, the way of finding a, a good index or a bad index, uh, it's we use, we have a, a kind of a heuristic cost with and without. So if you're trying to create a column on X, the, you know, this uh, tool, Thai Advisor, uh, with the help of the query optimizer, it will say, what is the cost of my workload? So the workload will be part of the input here, uh, this complex workload the user will, will, will provide to, to, to the tool. And this the tool will say, if I have this index, what is the total cost of my workload? And if I don't have X, what's the total cost? And which one is better? Uh, so that's maybe the basic concept of uh, looking at the what if scenario on all this search space. So and so the search space concept is done incrementally by looking at single column indices, and then and then you're gonna end up by a subset of those, right? I mean, you may have you know five hundred uh, columns total in all the tables. You may end up by having you know three single column indices. Uh, and then you, from there, you go to the uh, uh, two-column indices, building on top of that. That's why it's called the genetic uh, solution, and so on. And for practical purposes, we we have uh, some limits on the size of the index, and we have tunable, which the user can change. And we have a limit on the total number of indices to control the search space. But that's, that's in a nutshell what the the solution uh, and how it handles uh, the search space and how it handles the the the, uh, the workload overall cool cool so so when you use a like a tie advisor uh, for a user uses a feature like what's the output of of Thai advisor, I mean, do you, do you get recommendation on here? Here are the indexes that that you should create, or I mean, what what are some of the uh, typical output that that people can expect? But... Actually, uh, the, the output is very user friendly. It will be the DDL itself, so it will be you know Thai DB compatible syntax that says you know create index uh, etc., and they can copy right. paste that after after reviewing it. So the, the full output will be a bunch of uh, create index uh, statements, right? And the user can do a fine review and then just take it as a whole or or modify it, right? Right. But maybe maybe uh, maybe make yeah. on the input. I, I did that. I did say that maybe indirectly. But but the user, when they use the tool, they just are gonna provide a, a file with all the workload queries. So it's just basically they have to provide the the queries. Uh, the SQL queries uh, that they are interested in, right. and uh, you know, and just just the you know the the table schemas and all this metadata uh, related to to the table. One one thing to point out about the usability here, which is which is I think is interesting, is that the tool can be run locally on the user uh, cluster, uh, and uh, and then the tool will be able to you know get all the metadata on the cluster and. And do what if scenarios are using the help of the optimizer. That's one 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 form of the tool. 
another another uh, way you could use the tool you could use it offline where the user uh, goes to type DB uh, you know uh, uh, you know uh, experts or or uh, you know customer uh, support and say you know this is uh, they can uh, export their metadata in in a safe way uh, and then uh, tidyb can run it uh, or tidyb personnel can run it offline on on another box using like what mm -hmm. if scenario i mean we, we we recommend the first option because it's the tool will have more more detailed information to make a better better uh, uh, answer in that sense no yeah but i mean but it's certainly good to have uh I hope make it that complicated uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think I interrupted you, Ahmad. So you might want to repeat. What yeah, yeah, I was just said. saying. I hope I hope didn't overcomplicate this. But uh... no, no, no. I mean, I think even even an offline option is is helpful because there are certain use cases where that's the only way you can you can practically use it, right? But go ahead, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's also really um, good for people to understand that, like. Um, part of the the tool is uh, standalone, but it also really integrates with TidyB to like be able to run all the the what if scenarios. So it's not just a, like a, a third party uh, tool like you might already have a few of, but uh, it really integrates with the with the server. And by doing that, it's able to get like really uh, interesting results. Right. Cool. So. I mean, next question is, I mean, are there like for for people that are listening or, or watching on YouTube, uh, are there examples where people can see Thai Advisor in action uh, and, and where can people find them? Like, yeah, sure. I think uh, the GitHub. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the, the tool is available publicly. Uh, so the GitHub uh, repo has uh, you know, has information. They can download the source code, and uh, there are a number of examples, and they can run, including uh, some standard benchmark like TPCH. Right. Uh, and it's also an example of uh, of our own benchmark that we talked about in the first podcast as well. Cool, cool, awesome. Yeah, I think that's like even included like in, in the blog post as well that people can look at. But it's it's nice that I mean. You, you provide examples with source code so people can actually actually experiment with them. And um, yeah, I think there's a subfolder like the index advisor subfolder under under PinCap that uh, I'll make sure to add a add a link in the description. But yeah, that's uh, that's great. And then uh, you mentioned earlier that I mean you're you're looking to you know obviously add to the Thai uh, advisor feature like going forward. Um, are there What's the best way for community members to provide feedback or or provide suggestions um, based on their use, or maybe they, there's a there's a a feature they wanted to see added to to Tide Advisor? Like, uh, yeah, sure. They can maybe you know uh, either create issues on, on on GitHub or they can reach out to I guess any one of us here. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there, we have yeah. a, obviously Slack and Discord channel too, which are, which are pretty, pretty active sure. and, and constantly monitored. So if you have questions or, or feedback on, uh, on our, uh, 
uh, our recently released feature, Thai Advisor, please please let us know. Uh, and then again, it'll, it'll be the same like a subfolder where Index Advisor is in our repo, but uh, you can find it in the episode description. So yeah, I mean, thanks for uh, uh, the quick tour of Thai Advisor, and and then also like tying it back to the HM benchmark that, that we talked about in the in the earlier episode. Um, and I mean, since you're, since you're a returning guest, I mean, we have a tradition of asking a closing trivia uh, for all of our guests to talk about your where you live. But since you've already done that, uh, you're you're in uh, Los Angeles area. But we're recording this in in January uh, in in the winter. And but you know, can you tell tell people about what's winter like in in LA or in Southern California? Yeah, so yeah, typically it's really dry and, and nice, but dry also could be bad for us because we had we had drought uh, for a couple of years. Um, but in the last few years, including this year, we have uh, we have quite a bit of rain, which is good. We welcome that. We need the water, yeah. so was, that was a, actually a good change uh, for us. So, but we still, I still go occasionally with with shorts and t-shirts you know in january so we still have that advantage yeah yeah i i think i'm you know i'm in different part part of california but i've been living in california long enough where you know i complained about the cold but you know compared to other parts of the world like where daniel is it's it's nowhere near as cold as you know what people typically go through but you know yeah, I mean, just a reminder that that you mentioned, Akma, we do have winter here, even in California. So it's not always, you know, sunshine and 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 seventy degrees weather, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, hope uh, yeah, rain this time of the year is, is a good thing, uh, so we don't suffer through another drought. But um, yeah, we're certainly not used to it, I guess. So cool. Well, well, thanks for. Uh, returning Ahmad and you know hopefully I'm sure we'll we'll have you back if if you're willing to talk about uh you know more advancements in in tidyb or or database in general so sure sure we'll be happy to do so we have yeah. a lot of interesting work uh, in the near future so right cool awesome well uh thanks Ahmad and and thanks Daniel we'll uh, see uh, or or talk to you in in, in next episode Great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you.